Chair, staff is ready when you are. Thank you, Alexis and Julia. Good evening, everybody. Let's call the meeting of the City of Sacramento Planning and Design Commission to order. The date is Thursday, February 9th, 2023. The time is 5.31 p.m. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video for roll call vote. Commissioner Boyd is currently absent. Commissioner Buckley? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Chase? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Caden? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Lamas? Please correct me if I'm saying that wrong to you. Uh, Lamas, and I'm here. Lamas, thank you. Um, Commissioner Macias Reed? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Zong? Is currently absent. Commissioner Yi? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Young? Here. Thank you. Chair, we do have a quorum. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, just a few reminders and announcements. I would like to start that we have one agenda change. Item number two, the Sacramento Music Hall P20-041, which was continued from our prior meeting on January 26th, will be continued again to our next meeting on February 23rd per staff recommendation due to ongoing negotiations. Um, now on to housekeeping for public participation. For members of the public who wish to join, you can find the Zoom link on the agenda. And once you've joined the meeting and wish to speak, uh, please use the raise your hand feature when your desired item begins in order to join the queue. Um, we'll first hear a staff presentation. The applicant will have an opportunity to speak. Commissioners will then ask questions and then we'll open up the public comment period where the clerk will call upon you to speak. If you're joining us online, click on raise hand on the bottom of your screen. If you're in the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. And if you're calling in by telephone to raise your hand, dial star nine. Uh, once you call in to unmute or mute yourself, you can dial star six and speakers will be called upon using the last four digits of your phone number. You'll have three minutes to let us know your opinion. Members of the public can also submit written electronic comments for the record an email address and a link to submit your comments online are also available on the agenda. A reminder for folks logged on to the Zoom meeting as a panelist, please mute your mics and also use the raise your hand feature for any questions or comments during the appropriate time. For commissioners, please turn on your cameras and we will now move on to the land acknowledgement. Please rise for the opening acknowledgements in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Putwin-Wintun peoples, and the people of Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Thank you all. You may be seated. Our first order of business today is approval of the consent calendar, which includes meeting minutes from the January 26th meeting. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. I do not see any hands raised for the consent calendar. Thank you. Thank you very much. Commissioners, please use the raise your hand feature if you would like to comment on the meeting minutes or make a motion to approve. I see Vice Chair Wallace.
Vice Chair Wallace, uh, we don't have audio from you. We'll give it a second. Any better now? Yes, now we can hear you. Great. Um, I didn't hear my name called for roll. I am here. <laughs> um, and then I would uh, move the minutes for approval. Thank you very much. Um, and I see Commissioner Macias Reed with her hand raised. I'll second. Thank you very much. We have a motion by Vice Chair Wallace and a second by Macias Reed to approve the meeting minutes. Um, Clerk, will you please call the roll? Yes, and um, Chair, just for the record, I would like to say I did not call um, the Vice Chair or the Chair, so Maya Wallace, thank you for pointing that out. And um, Chair Hernandez is also here for the record. And now for the roll call for the consent calendar. Um, Commissioner Boyd? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Buckley? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Chase? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Caden? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Lamas? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Macias Reed? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Zong is currently still absent. Commissioner Yi? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Young? Aye. Thank you. Motion passes. Thank you very much. The next item is the director's report. Stacia? Yes. Hi. Thank you, Chair. I have no items for the director's report this evening. Thank you very much. We'll move on to the public hearing. Uh, again, item number two, which is the Sacramento Music Hall P20-041, will be continued for staff recommendation to our next meeting on February 23rd. So our next item is item number three, rail yards, temporary service parking lots, P23-001. And uh, let's see, commissioners, do you have any disclosures or recusals? Commissioner Chase. Yes, um, I had a telephone conversation with the applicant uh, uh, regarding the project, all consistent with the uh, staff report. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. Vice Chair Wallace. I also met with the applicant uh, consistent with items in the staff report. Thank you, Vice Chair. Commissioner Yi. I had a uh, telephone conversation with the applicant consistent with the staff report. Thank you, Commissioner Yi. I don't see other hands raised for disclosures or recusals. Um, I also had a virtual meeting with the applicant consistent with the staff report. Um, we have a staff presentation by Jose Quintanilla, and I see that you're, you're sharing your screen now. So whenever you're ready, Jose. Great. Uh, good evening, everyone. Can I confirm that you can hear me and see me? We can Perfect. hear you. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Chair Hernandez, good evening. My name is Jose Quintanilla, Associate Planner with the Community Development Department. I hope you're all doing well this evening. This item is P23001, Rail Yards Temporary Surface Parking Lots. The project site, um, highlighted in yellow on the screen, is located in the Rail Yard Specific Plan Area, which is generally north of H Street, east of Interstate 5, west of 12th Street, and south of North B Street. Uh, the site is generally vacant. There, um, <clears throat> however, within the Central Shops Historic District, there are you know existing uh, existing buildings. There are the the uh, old rail tracks and the light rail tracks as well. Um, and we have several projects under construction um, at the moment. So this project is a request for an amendment to the 
rail yards development agreement, the amended and restated development agreement. So this will be an amendment two to that agreement, uh, as well as a temporary conditional use permit request for standalone parking facilities and site plan and design re review for these facilities with uh, deviations to, wa to waive development standards, which include uh, surface paving, tree shading, and on-site perimeter landscaping. So the specific plan area, as shown on screen, has a number of sites uh, to make note of for some context uh, during our conversation or our presentation this evening, namely the Kaiser Hospital site, um, the proposed soccer stadium, and the Central Shops Historic District, and the plaza and paint shop within that district as well. So the sites under consideration for temp the temporary lots this evening are lots four, lots nine, and lots 15, and they are shown in red on the screen. These uh, lots are in the vicinity of the Central Shops Plaza, and as well as the previously approved music venue at the paint shop. <clears throat> the first uh, requested entitlement is for a development agreement amendment. Um, one of the first amendments uh, that we can to share tonight is the removal of section three conditions of development and special findings required. Uh, this section includes um, conditions and special findings for all developments in the rail yards um, specific plan area. These special findings cover environmental review, consistency with the specific plan and the financing plan. Um, staff is uh, recommends the uh, recommendation of a forwarding a recommendation of approval of this part of the amendment, as uh, all project approvals in the city are required to include findings related to consistency with uh, all development, all applicable development standards, including site plan design review, conditional use permits, um, plans applicable in the area, such as the rail yard specific plan, um, and conditions of approval for prior projects in the specific plan area cover a lot of these requirements, including the provision of utilities, uh, and participation in the finance plan. Uh, secondly, there's an amendment to section four, which will be renamed section three uh, in exib exhibit P, which is for uh, the parking section. Um, in this section, there are a couple of changes. Um, there's an increase in the baseline temporary parking requirement from 4,000 to 4,128 vehicle spaces. Um, so this baseline temporary parking requirement identifies the number of spaces that are anticipated uh, to be needed by both the stadium and the music venue. This is not a city requirement for parking. Uh, there's actually recent legislation, AB 2097, eliminates many uh, local government parking minimum, minimums within a half mile of uh, an existing or planned major transit stop. Uh, for the rail yards, this, uh, this half mile encompasses the entire specific plan area. Um, additionally, there's a change to the annual parking review, which determines the, the baseline requirement for both the stadium and the music venue. And this is based on prior and future uh, use of the stadium and music venue. There's a change from 30 to 90 days notice to the landowner should the parking requirement need to be adjusted by the city. And um, overall, there is an addition of the music venue to, to, to the language of the parking section, whereas previously it referred only to the soccer stadium. Uh, lastly, uh, in the amendments, there's uh, Exhibit Q, the MLS parking plan, 
which shows what is what has currently been approved, and these are the temporary lots that have been approved for use by the stadium. I'll leave that on screen for a bit so you can take a look. All right. And this, this exhibit on screen would replace exhibit Q in the development agreement. So the, the lots highlighted in yellow were, pre, you know, were the ones that were previously approved, including, including this one here, lot four. Uh, these, these three here, lots four, nine and 15 are the ones under consideration tonight. Lot nine would be for music venue only use. Lot 15 would be for stadium only, and lot nine would be for music and stadium use. All right, uh, as part of this request, there is a conditional use permit that is required for standalone parking lots. Um, including, included within this, these conditions are a December 2029 sunset date for, for these three lots. Uh, the other lots that have been previously approved, which were the ones on this on this exhibit, have a 2030 sunset. Uh, other operational requirements um, necessary for the running of these lots have been identified in a previously approved event transportation management plan. And lastly, there is a site plan and design review uh, entitlement requests for the three lots at uh, four Lots four, a uh, portion of lot eight, and uh, nine and 15. So as part of the, uh, this requirement, there are a number, a number of uh, waivers that have been requested uh, to development standards, including surface drainage and striping, uh, tree shading and paving requirements. The, the lots will be all gravel with the exception of the driveway and the accessible uh, vehicle spaces. Uh, there is chain link fence, um, proposed for the perimeter of all of the three sites and there will be temporary lighting and signage. So everything has been, everything is of a temporary nature, including the, the improvements. And uh, as such, uh, staff feels that it's consistent with the, with the general plan designation for the central business district, as well as the goals and policies of the general plan and the rail yard specific plan. Um, the the approval of these temporary lots would support the continued development redevelopment of the rail yards and response to the conditions in the market that have resulted with the last couple of years with COVID. Um, and uh, as I mentioned previously, these lots are designed for temporary use. You know the the gravel, the the fencing, um, as well as uh, there's an inclusion of a sunset date, all with the intent that these are temporary in nature and serve the, the music venue and stadium as development continues in, in this area. So that, that uh, sorry about that. That concludes my presentation. Uh, so staff uh, and the applicant team are here should you have any questions, thank you. Thank you so much, Jose. Would the applicant like to make a presentation or any comments? Yes, yes, Nicolina, thank you. Um, this is Josh Leachman, uh, Downtown Rail Yard Venture. Um, when I, I, a couple things, take, take a few minutes here. One, I wanted to, to just kind of, one, recognize kind of, because uh, kind of how far we have come in the rail yards. And, and it's really with this project, uh, 
in, in or the parking in the project that, or the parking in which this project supports. And so over the past two years, roughly, you know, we have been working with with city staff uh, on the entertainment venue, the plaza, the pavilion, the connection to the intermodal. And, and, and now we find ourselves very close. We, we, we're through site plan design review. We've submitted construction documents. And I think there was a, a kind of a reconciliation of the, that needed to happen, uh, particularly around parking. And so while, while temporary parking was always contemplated with, with the MLS stadium, None of us really knew the timing associated with that stadium. And so as we all recognized the delay in those discussions, we realized we needed something here. And so uh, what this uh, uh, decision and amendment does is enable uh, uh, surface parking for the central shops, recognizing the timing delta, it leverages kind of a process that was outlined in the CUP to evaluate annually the demand, make adjustments as necessary, and includes the sunset date, which Jose mentioned. And so um, in, in many ways, it, it took, a, took a process and a formula and applied it to where we know the world is today. And, and a, a couple other items just on, on, on the parking, too, I wanted to note. And a number of those uh, original parking spots uh, are subsequently under development. The AJ, the first residential project, the Wong Center, the first senior housing uh, affordable project uh, under construction. So, uh, you know, there, we needed to make some adjustments anyway. And and so, uh, again, we're excited for the project um, in, in, in where we're at today. And then lastly, I just wanted to just also mention this because you know, along this kind of journey of the past two years in support of the parking and the analysis from an operational standpoint, uh, a traffic operational analysis was conducted on the location of this, of these facilities, uh, as well as an event tra transportation management plan. And so those plans in coordination with, with uh, traffic control measures will ensure this area operates safely, uh, you know, during events and during daytime use and and so a lot of thought and just, again, thanks to staff and, and support on this and open myself up to any questions. Thank you, Josh. Uh, Josh, we will now move on to commissioner questions. Commissioners, um, please raise your hand if you have any questions for Jose or for Josh. I see Commissioner Chase. Thank you, Chair. Um, just a question, I'm assuming I like the idea of the gravel lots because it's going to be a more of a porous uh, surface than asphalt there, which is going to, you know, help replenish hopefully our aquifers. The question I think for um, uh, staff is that does the gravel lots, do they, you know, meet public works standards uh, and providing accessibility and other, other requirements? For Jose, I think. Sure, I can answer that. My name is Carlo Felix, Senior Planner with Community Development. So this uh, application has been reviewed by both Public Works and the Department of Utilities, and uh, they are consistent with our drainage requirements. Uh, this facility will eventually tie into the uh, regional detention facility that's being uh, constructed right now. So um, they are consistent with all the requirements. Great, thank you. 
Thank you, Commissioner Chase. Uh, Commissioner Caden. Uh, thank you, Chair. And um, I have a, a, a few questions here. Um, I, I think my main concern is is about the extent to which these temporary lots could have the potential to to sort of slow future development on those lots into the the mixed use extension of downtown that I think we're all sort of hoping this area becomes. Is the door open for those temporary lots to be extended beyond 2029, or is that is that sort of a, a hard deadline? How would that work as we come up to 2029 and potentially see extensions? Yeah, um, Carlo, add on if I miss anything, but any extension of these parking lots beyond 2029 would require another amendment to the development agreement, and similar to this one, would have to go through planning commission and then onwards to city council again. Okay, um, and so I, I I understand that the applicant is seeking you know the temporary parking until the the structured parking is built. Um, I'm curious maybe if the applicant can can kind of weigh in. It, is there a general sense of when the the parking garage or garages will be built? Or um, I guess asked another way, you know, is is the construction of that garage contingent on a particular project or a, a milestone in, in the build out of the rail yards? Yeah, good good question, Dob. And so a lot of discussion around this and, and a lot of ongoing discussions, particularly uh, on structured parking. And so uh, if you recall, we were, we were back in front of this, this uh, uh, commission maybe three years ago for an office project called the Foundry, two heavy timber, roughly 300,000 square feet project. Um, and so we had advanced into construction documents in the pandemic hit. And so uh, the way we kind of look at these regional parking facilities is drawing from a number of different demand sources. And so we were, we were marching toward implementation of, of a parking garage, uh, you know, fairly quickly pre-pandemic. And so uh, at this point, we're working with city and uh, city staff, parking services divisions on kind of better understanding the regional demand that includes within the rail yards as well as outside of the rail yards. And, and it is in our interest and in alignment to see a parking facility. Uh, it, you know, we're, we're about to advance a significant project in the restoration of the central shops. Um, we, we foresee vertical development, complementary development around it. Uh, we have hotels planned and, 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 and flags secured on these lots and to which we're actively you know, uh, pursuing those as well. So the rail yards right now is at a position where we finally, finally have addressed many of the infrastructure challenges that, is, that have prevented development. And so we're ready, you know, to, to move forward and, and figure out how to get these going. And so, again, our interests are aligned on the parking garages. We, we'd like to see them built, too. But, but no concrete sense in terms of the timing of, of those structures yet? No, it, it depends on other projects when, and when they come on. And no concrete sense at this point. Um, but, but I would say, you know, it, it, it's, it's, we're working again with city staff on this because uh, they, they too share your concern and working with us to see those sooner rather than later. Got it. Thank you. And maybe this one is more for staff and, you know, when, when the structured parking is built, 
you know, will the temporary lots that we're talking about today be automatically decommissioned? I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, would would this would the temporary lots no longer be temporary lots uh, as soon as the garage is built, or is as a part of this entitlement, are we granting these lots as temporary until 2029? Uh, you are correct in the sense that once 2029 hits, there's no further extensions. Um, that are automatic under the uh, CUP or the development agreement. And there is no automatic replacement should one of these lots be developed with a, uh, with, with a development. So if they want to seek other, other uh, sites, they would have to come back in and request that and discuss with the city. And sorry, Carla, I think I'm maybe asking it the wrong way, but say, say the garage gets built in 2025. Um, are the temporary lots you know, presumably the temporary lots would no longer be necessary, right? If they, they are being replaced by this garage. And so do, do the temporary lots go away or do they stick around until 2029 in that case? I see, I apologize, I misunderstood. Uh, they stick around until 2029. Okay. Um, okay, and then, sorry, last question here. So, so say, um, similar question, but slightly differently. Say a development proposal comes forward, you know, um, on one of these temporary parking lots before 2030, and these garages still still haven't come online. How would the? Can you walk me through what the development review would would look like in that case? Would you know? Would the approval of that particular project on one of the temporary lots be contingent on, um, you know, the applicants finding a different parking lot elsewhere as a temporary lot, or would you know? Would the city be able to just approve that development irrespective of? how it impacted the number of temporary spaces, I guess. There, for the majority of the rail yard site, because of its proximity to light rail proposed and existing, there would be no minimum parking requirement. Additionally, with the new state legislation, for the majority of uses within a half mile of uh, public transit, there is, a, there is also no minimum parking. So staff could approve it without requiring um, the developer to seek additional parking facilities. However, I would note that uh, I think it's in the city's interest as well to, um, you know, to provide ways to support the uh, uses that are there now as the railroad continues to develop. So I can um, see us asking questions relating to parking to make sure that these developments are successful as they move forward, but no parking would be required by city plan. Okay. All right, um, thank you, Chair, I'm done. Thank you, Commissioner Caden. Um, nice to see you, Commissioner Boyd. Ed, do you have a question for staff or the applicant? Yes, I do. Um, actually, for it'll roll into both. Um, more, well, let me start with, with the applicant. Uh, the request for an additional, I think it was 128 parking spots uh, from the uh, original ask to that point, you're asking for more parking spaces on to build temporary parking lots that sunset in uh, well, just under six years from now. Um, my point being, if you're anticipating, well, let me ask you. I won't guess. What what was the what was the reason behind asking for the additional hundred plus parking spots? This is to the applicant. Yeah, um, 
Good question. And so, you know, the facility that that or our first phase that this is supporting is is an entertainment venue with what say four thousand and and roughly and um, I think it's maybe fifteen thousand commercial and another five thousand square feet of office. And so, um, when we conducted the kind of demand analysis and the operational analysis led by the city staff. Um, that thousand number was 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 identified in support of this particular phase, and with a with a small number of it dedicated to the daily operations, and then the balance of it, and I think it's two hundred and thirty eight for daily operations. The balance of it uh, was for the event uh, parking, and and so. Uh, the the thousand stall number was actually significantly below kind of the threshold uh, typically required and associated with these types of facilities. And so but but, uh, you know, we were willing to to pull back on that number, recognizing the unique location downtown and proximity to transit. And so the 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 thousand was located simply proximate to the area. And so it happened to, given the early MLS CUP, push that number over four, four or push that number over 4,000. But note, again, some of those, those parcels that previously identified are, are being developed on. And then I ask Carlo, you may have some other thoughts from the city on that response. If I could add to that, the 4,000 baseline parking requirement that's outlined in the uh, development agreement, although it's called a baseline parking requirement, it actually just is the maximum number of parking spaces that we would want to see associated with an MLS stadium. The increase of 128 um, is needed partially because uh, as Josh Lisa had mentioned, the additional development that's occurred but it also accounts for the additional parking requirements to support the music venue. Um, I believe uh, the peak requirement would have been 14, over 1,400 parking spaces. Um, so rather than having um, a baseline of over 5,000 parking spaces to add them up together, we wanted the developers to explore ways to reduce that through use of active transportation, public transit, on-site parking, and other facilities in the area. So overall, even with the addition of these new uh, venues and facilities, uh, the baseline maximum really only increased 128 parking spaces. Thank you both for that. Uh, with that information, I believe uh, guides me to my point. As was stated in the presentation, we don't know what's gonna happen with when, if a soccer stadium is going to happen there in the rail yards. Um, we all hope it does. Uh, with that said, there is going to be a great need for parking, um, i.e. the comments of um, the um, Commissioner Caden, hope I pronounced your last name right, uh, beat me, uh, oh, I had some of the uh, same uh, questions that he had asked. To what was presented, temporary parking now once the 29 uh, year 2029 year sunset date comes that's as far as parking that's the end of uh, this coverage 
let's say the stadium has been granted. So parking is going to be needed. It would be parking structure, my opinion, over parking lots is um, with that. Let's say it's going to be a little convoluted here, but if the parking lots have um, have come into a place where a, whether it's a high density build or a low density uh, residential build for the uh, where the parking lots are and or commercial build prior to an agreement for a stadium, where is the city? anticipating putting vehicles that are going to come to the stadium, i.e., uh, let's just use the numbers. Folks are not going to get out of their car and jump on mass transit more so uh, five years from now, six years from now than they are now. It's that first mile, last mile issue. So the, the temporary, uh, I'll, I'll narrow this, the temporary parking lots in gravel that uh, more or less, um, what is it called now? Well, the old Rivercats, uh, uh, Rayleigh Stadium, um, you know, renamed. Taking your car out there, I was surprised to drive up on that kind of gravel. I'm like, great, fantastic. Thank you for chipping up my paint. Um, with that said, there isn't a public rail that folks could jump on and use it for that stadium. Okay. The anticipated um, soccer stadium is within a half mile um, um, uh, of the public rail system that is, is uh, going to be coming through there. But how many folks are, do, reality, are going to walk a half mile to a soccer game in the future that don't even walk the two blocks from a bus stop to go to a, a drop off to go to the Golden One Center for the public rail line to go to the uh, Golden Rail Center to see a basketball game. So just uh, driving home the point, it's a lot of space that you're asking us to say, you know what, never mind the requirements, uh, uh, never mind the, the city codes, you know, we're just going to throw some gravel out there, drain off, you know, good, it's there for us to sell it to whomever. And yet and still, when those spaces will be needed for a parking for parking structures to accommodate the anticipated builds, then we're stuck. Um, yes, more of a statement than a question. But one, if, uh, let's say, I'm not proposing a condition, I'm going to let the other commissioners hear this first, other than a gravel parking lot, which does afford greater uh, drainage runoff, but also uh, accommodates more of a slush to those, excuse me, to those who are going to be walking on it. You know, it's that 50-50, great for the runoff and uh, water tablets and all that. Horrendous for those of us who would be parking on those lots and uh, uh, using those uh, facilities. So is there a better temporary surfacing than gravel that we can ask for as a condition for this um, for this applicant question for the city. The commission could forward a recommendation to city council to impose a condition requiring an alternative 
um, material for the paving. Um, so that is a possibility. However, part of the reason we are amenable to not fully meeting our parking facility standards is um, the short time frame in which uh, we've given the applicant to recoup their investment on this DUP um, for this these for these lots. And one concern we would have as staff is the more we have the applicant invest into these with permanent facilities, uh, we have a big concern that they're less likely going to be able to assist with the further development of the rail yard. Um, but it is under the commission's purview. If you would say your last sentence, um, I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit in regards uh, to, I'm sorry, go ahead. But but the commission uh, can uh, forward that recommendation to impose a condition of approval to, um, you can recommend that to city council. No, I got that. Uh, I'm sorry, maybe your second to the last statement in regards to the developer. And, uh, let's go past the, uh, would make it harder for the developer to recoup the developer's uh, investment and then kind of my audio kind of jumbled. Uh, so typically conditional use permits run with the land and there are um, ways to appropriately sunset them. And one of the considerations in appropriately sunsetting a CUP is um, have we as a city provided the applicant sufficient time to recoup the cost associated with their investment? Um, so the staff concern would be um, if the proposed future material is more expensive than gravel, what type of impact would that have on that investment um, or the amortization of the, that investment? Um, in this case, a little over five years. That would be the concern. Thank you, I didn't catch that the first time. Uh, let me ask the applicant uh, to what was just stated. If in fact you were uh, asked by condition and the city council uh, confirmed yes, a more permanent type uh, surface was to be needed, would you as a developer continue with the development or would that be a deal breaker by not, or by having a more permanent surface on your part, on these particular four parking lots? Um, I, I actually maybe look at it a little bit differently. Um, I actually think the, the gravel in its, in, in, in its nature and temporary nature fits better next to, in many ways, the historic building to a more non-permeable surface. And I wanted to just comment on the, the kind of the number of, of sidewalks, ADA paths, paths of travel kind of through the plaza and throughout here, the actual, the, 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 the paths for pedestrians to quickly access an ADA accessible path throughout this area is, is very short in any direction. Uh, the driveways in, in kind of throats throughout this are paved. Uh, and so, and, and that is a requirement of public works. And so that in paved for quite a, a depth. So I actually think there's, from a pedestrian standpoint, it, it actually works fairly well for folks to kind of navigate throughout the area. And then the, the gravel related, I mean, to me looks, would look better next to these wonderful historic buildings than a paved parking lot. Thank you for that. And I, I'm glad you brought it up. I was waiting because I had not heard in regards to the ADA community, which is uh, roughly 20% of uh, the populace of the United States. Uh, so you just do the math. So with that uh, stated, 
I'm one of them, um, uh, in regards to having a smooth surface, more permeable surface uh, versus gravel um, is always a plus for me. I don't, I'm not speaking for anyone other than myself. Mm -hmm. As you said, uh, ADA walkways, uh, driveways, of course, but the uh, walkways that go through this area, but in particular, the well, good question. Uh, well, let me ask this question. The not required ADA parking simply because of the state mandate of your parking lots are within a half mile of a uh, public transit. But are ADA uh, parking um, spaces being um, planned and have been submitted for these uh, each of the um, gravel lots? I see uh, Bruce jump Commissioner Boyd, yes, I saw that uh, Bruce Monaghan uh, came on video. Did you want to speak to that? You're on mute if you, Bruce. Sorry, I thought I had unmuted. Um, anytime parking is provided, um, then you have to provide for accessibility. And the ongoing discussion on this had been um, gravel sites unmarked, possibly marked, but near the entrances and exits, there would be accessible um, smooth surface um, parking provided. So the accessible parking wouldn't be out in the middle of this gravel field. It would be right near adjacent to sidewalk areas where there would be direct path of travel from the accessible spot to an accessible um, walkway. So um, as the, the final design comes forward, you will get into a uh, an actual layout of where things are going to be out there, then there will be a requirement to provide compliant accessible parking space. Thank you for that, uh, Bruce. Um, at this point, as you said, you know, we haven't got to that final uh, design yet, but at this point, what are the numbers per lot ADA um, spots? Yeah, I, I, I don't recall off the top of my head because it's proportional to the total number of parking spaces and each lot being a separate lot would have its own calculation determination, but it, it would it simply comply with um, uh, building code um, requirements for accessible parking. The, the, the fact that it's a, a gravel parking lot for the most part of it um, doesn't exclude it from compliance with accessible parking spaces relative to the total number of spaces in that site. And those parking spaces will have to comply with um, the, the level and the um, hardness of the path of travel. So. Thank you for that. I was just wondering if you just happen to have that up. Uh, I, I do not have it off the top of my head because each one of these lots would have a different amount. Correct. And, um, if based on what the count is in an individual lot, it would determine what the proportional number is and we'd be rounding up. And so the actual number, I don't know off the top of my head. No problem there. I do appreciate that input and uh, yeah. that inf your information. Uh, what, what that, uh, my questions are answered. Uh, thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioners. I don't see other hands raised for questions. Let me take a quick look. Sure. No 
No comments. Thank you. Um, clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I do not have any hands raised for this item. Thank you. Thank you very much. We will close the public comment period and bring the discussion back to the commissioners. Commissioners, um, any questions, comments, or motions? Um, Commissioner Caden. Uh, yeah, and you know, I, I think my my concerns are less about not enough parking and, and more about too much. I think I have concerns that just generally transitioning these uh, what appear to be really key development sites into surface parking lots would be pushing out future development another seven years and what's really our you know our biggest infill opportunity in the city and so potentially be creating an urban forum that's maybe closer to a suburban shopping mall than a thriving urban center to me. Um, so, you know, I, I think the primary concern here is inertia, right? Once you have a sea of parking, even if it's more temporary in nature with not a lot of pavement, you, you run the risk of parking becoming more permanent than you intended. Um, you know, you can look across the river in the bridge district in West Sacramento, see how challenging it's been to transition some of the open lots um, that they have from, you know, temporary event parking into actual development. Um, I certainly recognize the, the challenge with needing parking for the paint shop and, and you know, that being um, a catalyst for future development. But I think we, we need to be really thoughtful about how we can actually ensure that what is, you know, the northern gateway to these central shops um, isn't a giant parking lot indefinitely. Um, so I, I guess a, a question, would it be, uh, I, I don't know, maybe this is a question for legal or staff, is it a, possible to add a condition that the temporary lots be decommissioned when the structured parking is built? Should that happen before 2029? Is that a possibility? Staff, um, would that be Courtney? Yeah, conditions are possible. I'd defer to Carlo though about um, Yes, legally that is possible. Assuming that they have recouped their investment. And and I think Carlo would be in a better position to assess that. It is possible. I'm struggling right now with trying to find the appropriate wording um, based on, you know, Oh, gosh, um, it's possible. I think we'd have to have a, a bigger discussion about the actual mechanics of how that's done. Um, you know, I think the DA does talk about us having a goal to essentially eliminate these one by one. So I apologize, I'm not giving a very straightforward answer there. Um, I, I just, I'm hesitant to say exactly that it's a yes without discussing further the structure of how we would do this. Okay, and I apologize. I don't know exactly what the right wording of that would be. Probably decommissioned is maybe not the right word, but I guess, you know, if the structured parking gets built, then we have uh, just more parking, I guess, and that would be a concern to me. So um, I don't know if, if staff's able to think of a way to do that uh, while other commissioners can give their comments, that would be great. Thank you. Okay. Carlo. Uh, I'm sorry, Josh, sorry. we've uh, 
Yeah, we're, we're on to commissioner comments. Um, unless Commissioner Keaton has a specific question directed at um, Josh. Josh, if you'd, if you'd like to respond to that, that would be helpful. And if, if you don't mind also maybe um, speaking to this idea of recouping your cost and, and just if you have any sort of general sense of what kind of costs we're talking about, given, given that this entitlement, I believe, is reducing you know, how much is going to be required to actually make it a parking lot um it, is it a significant how significant of an investment is that for you my hand slip uh you know i i'm actually not sure on the cost of the parking lot on it i mean it is it, it you know it's it's fairly significant um in 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 but i wanted to just reference and carlo you may know and on you know the the da amendment does include audits of the demand of the parking to to justify kind of its 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 use and I, I i was searching here and my my staff report just crashed so i couldn't find the language but carlo you may have that specific language but it contemplated annual audits of the specific demands and so i think inherent in that process is is looking at what other things uh, offset that demand like a parking garage in the rationalization for or the justification for the lots themselves. Again, I don't have the staff report, but Carlo, perhaps you can comment on that. Carlo? Yes, uh, two components. So, uh, uh, Dr. Schmidt is correct that the DA does state that when you have a temporary surface parking lot developed, uh, or excuse me, when you have a structured parking garage developed, the baseline parking requirement must come down as well, commensurate to that, uh, the number of uh, parking spaces uh, constructed. And then the second part is um, the commission can certainly make a recommendation for staff to explore what language might be appropriate to, to meet that uh, desire to decommission a parking lot um, as a structured parking is developed. So that is something that the commission could do and staff could forward that to um, the council with that language. Thank you, Carlo. Commissioner Caden, did you have uh, additional questions or comments? That's it for now, thank you. Great, thank you, Commissioner Caden. Next, we'll go to Commissioner Macias-Reed. Sorry, I'm having issues with my with unmuting myself. I'm eager to get back to in person. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, sorry, I was pulling up the staff report. Um, because again, it, I think it would be best to clarify this, but um, you know, um, in staff report, I want to say it's page 12. Um, the development agreement limits the use of temporary parking approved through 2030. So I guess similar to Commissioner Caden's comments, um, some of these are already approved. So we're talking about the three sites in particular, 15, nine and four, I want to focus on, um, but specifically for those sites, um, can you tell us, and maybe this is a question for both staff and Josh could chime in, um, what would be the process of during that, you know, uh, before 2029 when that sunset, sunset date hits, um, and there's a proposal for a project on site, what would be the process 
um, you know, because when I'm looking at it from a development standpoint is that temporary, uh, you know, temporary lots are actually beneficial because it's, it's again, spending less money to, to um, make, you know, create the parking lot itself and less impervious service cover, um, of course, but also, um, you know, easier, quicker turnaround once a development is proposed. So can you can you talk to the the process and maybe that's a question for the applicant Josh um, on if you know during this this time before sunset date if a if a project is proposed what will be the the process for that and if there isn't you know if we're not um, you know permitting any additional um, surface parking until that sunset date. Actually, I may defer that to Carlo on on the actual process with the city on that and. On how that would look. I may not be fully understanding the question. Um, so the three lots that we have here are actually, as a part of the CUC, only allowed to stay until 2029. Um, the other ones that were approved in 2016, they did not have a sunset um, imposed as part of the CUC. They default to the 2030 date outlined in the DA. Um, so as a if a development is proposed, let's say on lot nine, um, if the applicant were to lose those parking spaces uh, to accommodate that development, and I think from a regulatory perspective, staff is okay with that, uh, given that there's no parking requirement. Thank you. Oh. That that's exactly what I was was curious about. Thank you, Carlo. Thank you, Commissioner Messias-Reed. Next, we have Commissioner Chase. Thank you, Chair. Um, knowing that the city is either exempted or is reducing parking, you know, minimum parking requirements for, for these functions. Um, with that, uh, a question for Josh. Are there agreements uh, with either the, you know, the, the, the soccer stadium folks or the uh, music venue to provide certain number of spaces to support those functions from a, you know, kind of a business standpoint. Can you hear me? Sorry. Uh, uh, I, I can't speak for, for, for MLS, but, but, you know, there is a commitment. Uh, you have to think, you know, or the, the, this has been evaluated through the ETMP along with the promoter to establish these parking thresholds. And so uh, that, that threshold of a thousand, uh, is agreed upon by both parties. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. I don't see other hands raised. Um, this is the time for Commissioner questions, comments, or motions. Commissioner Macias Reed. Um, I'd like to make a motion to approve staff's recommendation. Um, but I, I'm trying to find the words because I want to go back to clarifying the verbiage um, on, on how, excuse me, having staff explore adding some verbiage to the whether that's the, the recommendation to city council and the staff report of exploring um the idea that commissioner Caden had come up with which is you know um once that 
parking structure gets built built and is able to sustain some additional you know concentrated parking that the city then looks at you know um, a use um, alternative uses for uh, those service parking lots although it sounds to me like that might not be necessary because it sounds like in the DA there is already verbiage as Josh had mentioned um, to uh, that that staff is annualizing this annually. Is that correct? You mean auditing annually? Excuse me, auditing annually, yes. Yes, yes, there is. And I wish I could cite it, but I can't look at the staff report that summarizes it. It's all gray right now. But there there is an annual audit uh, for about there. For evaluation. Okay. And that's really what I think this project needs is, is an annual audit per evaluation, right? As th this is a, it's, it's like a living document in a sense. It's a, it's a living development project. Exactly. Things are changing. Things are in motion. You get, we all hope MLS comes on board. Um, we all hope to, you know, have less surface parking. Um, I definitely don't think that's the goal of the city. Um, and certainly the general plan. And I think we all know that this is why these are temporary. Um, so Again, as long as that is included, um, I feel very comfortable and confident um, moving forward with uh, making a motion to support staff's recommendation. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Macias-Reed. Next, we have Commissioner Chase. Thank you, Chair. Um, before I second the motion, which I will be doing in a minute, um, I just wanted to state as an architect who has worked for developers throughout Southern California, Northern California for 40 plus years, I've never had a client that if they had a dirt parking lot or a gravel parking lot and had a project potentially come along that wanted to build there, I've never had a client say, I'm sorry, you've got to wait till this parking lot of sunset or we can't do your project. Right now. A developer will find a way to do that project and get a good building in there, which is the way it should work. So that said, I feel confident and, and the amount of time that the rail yards has been kicking around through our city. We are, we're waiting for it to succeed and it will succeed. I, I'm, I'm confident that it will. Um, we probably have to be somewhat flexible throughout this process. I'm comfortable when I, when I talked to Josh the other day, my first question was, you know, uh, you know, regarding the sunsetting of it. With that written in there, I'm, I'm confident and I, I do second uh, the motion feeling that uh, we're cities covered uh, to protect us going forward. So. Thank you, Commissioner Chang. I don't see any other hands raised. We have a motion by Commissioner Macias-Reed to approve staff recommendation and a second by Commissioner Chase. Will the clerk please call the roll for a vote? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boyd. Commissioner Boyd. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Buckley. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Chase. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Caden. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Lamas. I'm Aye. sorry. Thank you. Commissioner Macias Reed. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Zong is absent. Commissioner Yi. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Young. Aye. Thank you. Vice Chair Wallace. Aye. Thank you. Chair Hernandez. Aye. Thank you. Motion passes. Thank you very much. And thank you for the thoughtful discussion. Um, that is all for public hearing items. Uh, we do not have anything on the discussion calendar. Um, so we will move on to commissioner comments. 
ideas and questions. Um, I would like to um, take a moment first to recognize um, the more than 10 years that Commissioner Joe Yi has served on this body. And it is with deep gratitude and reverence that um, I have to announce that I believe today is his last day on the Planning and Design Commission. Um, Commissioner Yi, you've served before the Planning and Design Commission was a Planning and Design Commission, um, when it was just the Planning Commission, and then you joined the Planning and Design Commission in 2014. Um, from my experience on, on the commission these last couple of years, um, I, I've, it's obvious to me that you are so valuable to this community, very insightful, and thank you for lending your expertise and making your mark on so many projects and decisions and discussions. Um, while we may not See, say Commissioner Yi in future commission meetings, um, just I hope you know that um, your presence will be felt um, because of the legacy that you've left. So thank you so much for your service. Um, you will be greatly missed. Um, those are my comments. Um, next, we have Commissioner Chase. Um, thank you, Jay. I just would like to add on to yours, having, having known Commissioner Yi for many, many decades as a uh, architect colleague. Um, uh, and having seen him work in, a, in the sector as a highly professional manner and having watched him work on the various commission iterations over the years, uh, I too want to thank him very much for his service. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. Commissioner Macias Reed. Uh, of course, second the comments, third the comments. Um, uh, Commissioner Yee, um, I hope that this isn't the end of your service, although you've spent many, many years doing it and we respect and appreciate that. Um, you're again, well thought out comments and suggestions um, for me has been a source of, of um, like leadership um, that I've seen out of you. So I appreciate that so much, but I would also say I, I am somewhat aware of a um, committee that you know we had created a couple of years ago when we did the streamlining process that has a design committee um, and just hope um, Bruce is on here, Stacia, that, you know, maybe perhaps uh, you could still serve, um, you know, in that capacity because I think um, your expertise is, is, is invaluable. Thank you, Commissioner Macias-Reed. Commissioner Boyd. Thank you, Chair. Um, I will be succinct, which most of you just chuckled for those who have been on the uh, commission for more than a meeting or two. But I will just simply say, channel our last meeting in December, I believe it was, for the uh, accolades and comments that I gave to you, uh, Commissioner Yi. I appreciate your knowledge and your input consistently. And as uh, Commissioner Macias Reed just asked, uh, your not lingering, but being a part of um, availability for us to ask those questions to to you. Thank you for all that you have done. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Boyd. Commissioner Young. Joe, thank you for your service. My, my simple question, where would you like to go? Probably owe you a lunch. What, what, what's your favorite spot? No answer? All right. Uh, maybe offline. All right. Okay. All right. I'll hit you up offline. I've been, okay. we'll, we'll take care of it. Thank you. 
Thank you, Commissioner Young. Vice Chair Wallace. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, I just want to echo uh, everyone's sentiments, uh, but in particular, um, Commissioner Macias Reed. Uh, Commissioner Yee has not only been on the Planning Commission in multiple iterations, he's also served as a city council member and has been contributing to the city of Sacramento for I think most of his adult life. And uh, I hope this isn't the end of the um, contributions that we can expect from you, but I also um, totally understand if you feel like taking a break. <laughs> um, so thank you, Commissioner Yee. Thank you so much, Vice Chair Wallace. Um, Commissioner Buckley. Thank you, Chair. Um, I also wanna thank uh, Commissioner Yee for your service. I really appreciate um, your role on this uh, committee. I learned a lot from watching um, your lines of inquiry. I think you might've uh, missed a calling as a prosecutor. You do a lot of uh, setting them up and knocking them down, um, but I really appreciate um, all the, uh, the smart questions um, and questions that really have an impact on the way our community grows. So. Thank you for your service and uh, take care. Thank you, Commissioner Buckley. I feel like we need to have some kind of award named after Commissioner Yi. Um, Commissioner Yi. Um, I might say this for the last time, Commissioner Yee, but you're on mute. So that was difficult to listen to. I think Bob will attest that in order to get through design school, you have to develop rather thick skin and have rather sharp critiques of anything you do or think about doing. So, but I appreciate that. And I appreciate being uh, your colleague. Uh, what we do on this commission has a lasting impact, uh, certainly beyond my lifetime, uh, but that directly influences, you know, the viability of the city that we care so much about, you know, and the thoughtful comments, uh, the deliberation that this commission traditionally goes through uh, to be an advocate for even those communities that may be underrepresented and not have the ability to participate in this process as transparent and as, not, uh, as much outreach as we uh, endeavor uh, to be a voice for the community and to be a voice for the overall betterment of this city, I think is a testament to the integrity and thoughtfulness of each commissioner, not only in this commission, but in all the previous iterations that uh, that I've been involved with. And, you know, I should also take a moment to thank city staff, you know, Tom Pace and Greg and Stacia and Bruce and, and Jeff, even though he's not with us this evening. Uh, for their indulgence, you know, I try not to be on a soapbox too often, uh, but you know, it's their integrity, their uh, guidance uh, through this process that I think is important. And while I don't make it a habit of thanking the community uh, for their role, uh, their their willingness to sit through these meetings and and voice their concerns, you know, it is important and it has influenced some of my decisions. And so I hope that the community uh, maintains their involvement uh, as the city grows and it seems to grow faster with each year. And so it's important that uh, uh, they remain engaged. So um, 
thanks. It's been great. Uh, and I've enjoyed uh, all these years with you. So thank you. We've enjoyed them too. Thank you so much, Commissioner Yi. Um, I don't see additional hands raised for commissioner comments or announcements. So we will move on to the last item, which is public comments matters not on the agenda. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I do not have any hands raised for matters not on the agenda. However, I did want to circle back for the consent calendar. Um, I am so sorry to you guys. I have missed the vice chair and chair's vote. So CAO, if I'm in the wrong, please let me know. But if I can have um, Vice Chair Wallace and Chair Hernandez's vote for the consent calendar, just for the public record. Aye. Thank you. Also, aye. Thank you so much, and I'm so sorry. Thank you. Thank you for circling back on that. Um, without any further business, um, that concludes today's agenda. Uh, this meeting stands adjourned at uh, 6.39 p.m. Have a good evening, everybody, and thank you very much, Commissioner Yee. Thank Thanks, you. Commissioner Yee.